wanted to talk about weathering the storm. It's something that I really think that Crystal and I have been going through this year personally, and it's, it's uh, been a, a personal journey that has affected us of just challenges that we've had in our lives this year. And it's one of these things where it's like, I'll go through it, but I don't want to talk about it, God. And then suddenly we go through a storm, a physical storm, and I really felt God woke me up in the middle of the night and say, now's the time to talk about this. And I don't want to talk about this, but yeah, but this is now the time to talk about it. What is a storm? A storm is a violent disturbance of the atmosphere. We've all just gone through a major storm, a, a storm that got up to just shy of category five that hit Florida, whipped across Florida and went up to the, 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 the southern states. And so many of us know exactly what a storm is like. We've seen it on TV or we've personally experienced it. It's when elements turn extreme, coupled with strong winds and precipitation. We just had this with Hurricane Ian. Powerful natural events overpower our human exploits. Everything that we have bought, everything that we have built, everything that we have created suddenly get tested and even decimated by a specific storm that comes and takes us down. The word storm is something that we use in either to, in, in, to also try and describe personal things that we're going through. Maybe not natural elements in, the, in, the, in, the, in the, uh, the atmosphere have overcome us, but maybe a calamitous event has taken you by surprise. Maybe someone who you loved very much has died recently. Maybe you've had a betrayal of a friend who disappointed you and your trust was violated. Maybe you just lost a job. Maybe you had a loss of health or a dream was delayed or a relationship was broken or a security was taken away from you. All of these storms are basically things that can fill up our lives and we can sometimes go from one storm to the next. Some, summed up, it's a disturbance of the atmosphere in our lives. This is what the dictionary says. A violent disturbance of the atmosphere. And when there's, an ap when there's a disturbance of the atmosphere in your life, it changes how you feel, it rearranges your priorities, and it affects your behavior and how you start responding to life. Chris and I, I think, went through some storm today, you know, this, this year, and it's not really something I want to talk about partially because I don't like talking about things that do feel personal to me. And also, I don't really want to talk about these things because there are other people who have gone through way worse than I have. But it would seem this year, we went through a year of just bleeding cash. Some of you might feel like you're always living there and you're always there. But I like to usually try and be prepared. I like to try and be the type of person who saves for the future. I want to be well-planned. I want to be the, the church to be in a very financial stable position. I personally want to be in a financially stable position. I'm sure you all do as well. But we had cars breaking down. We had huge health costs this year. We've had our breakages on our house. that just seems to come one thing after another. I mean, our rainy day fund, listen, just disappeared. We have all had rainy day funds, right? And then the rain comes and it turns out it's actually a storm, it's not rain. Like shoot, I should have made a stormy day fund, not a rainy day fund. And then for the last two years, the IRS have not decided to give me my refund back because they decided to say, we're on backlog. We think we need to look into your stuff more so we can't give you your money. And it's easy for you to get angry because you're like, but I need that money. I have problems in my life. I have a storm in my life. How dare this IRS company come and take my life away and ruin my life when I could use that money. 
the last two or three years, we haven't been able to go see my family in Scotland because, you know, of the, the pandemic. So my mother is 83 years old. She's got Alzheimer's. I don't know how much life she's going to have left in her, especially when she keeps telling me, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to die. Make it quick. Come on over and see me, right? And I'm like, okay, I'll try and get there. And then suddenly Russia decides to invade Ukraine and that causes another storm. And then the price of gasoline and, and fuel skyrockets and the price of tickets are without our ability to go over there. And then you just become disappointed. And then just a month ago, we're sitting in our house having a lovely cup of coffee in the morning in our bed and all we hear is crunch. And I'm like, oh, must be a storm that's coming. There wasn't, it was blue skies. My daughter runs through. A tree just fell in the house. Wonderful. That's why I needed Jesus. Thank you. Let's pray together as a family right now. And this, this tree busted up my roof and busted up his staircase and, and, and just busted up a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm looking at this going, that's great. This is exactly what I needed in life right now, especially when I don't have any savings right now. But don't worry about it, Peter. The insurance will take care of it. You know what I've learned about insurance? They don't take care of all stuff. Turns out there's huge, big um, other word, big, huge tree that falls on top of my house. They'll only cut the part that actually landed on your house. That's the part they pay for. And I'm like, but that's only one-tenth of the part that busted my house. What's going on? That's your problem. Oh, that's great. Wonderful. I love insurance companies. Pray for them every day. And then the other tree that was on the other side of that tree, it decides to fall the other way two weeks later into my neighbor's yard and busts up all there in the yard. And now I have to clean up the whole thing. Then I had two other trees that were leaning over my house and I'm like, I have to take them out because they just died. So now I have to take out these trees. And then there was four other trees that were leaning over my neighbor's house. And I'm like, live peaceably with your neighbors is what the scriptures say. I better take these trees out. So I am spending money I don't have. Where was Sam Youngman when I needed him, right? <laughs> Nowhere. And here I have all these wonderful problems. Even got to the point where the guy came to pick up the rest of the money and I only had, you know, for the rest of the money for these, this specific project and, and, and it was $2,500 I still had left to pay off and I had $2,500. He goes, no, it's only $2,000. I said, no, you told me it's $2,500. And he goes, did I? And he said, are you sure? I think it's only $2,000. I said, bro, I'm a pastor. I can't cheat on you. And then later on, I thought about it and it's like, no, you don't have to be a pastor to tell the truth. You just have to decide whether you're following Christ or not following Christ. So I said, no, no, I have to give you this money. And he's like, all right, well, if you need a favor in the, in the future, give me a call. Now, all along, you have to make a conscious decision to be careful to not complain. Why? Because there's other people who are out there who are going through worse things. You also don't want to be known as a complaining child when God is looking down at you and he has given his son to you. I don't want to be a complainer, God, but if you don't mind pulling your finger out and helping me out, this would be really good right now, Father. And yet it doesn't come. So I want to talk about what have I learned about weathering storms? And this is something that I've personally learned through going through some weathering storms. And the first one is this, that old matters seem to surface in a storm. Old matters seem to surface in storms. Things that once lived and are now dead settle to the bottom of life. In nature, leaves and branches, when they fall off the tree, they fall to the ground and they settle. They fall into the lake and they settle to the bottom of the lake. And they settle, when it settles down, things are settling because everything is calm in your life. 
But then a storm comes along and it stirs up those things to become projectiles in your life. And so old angers, old hurts, old betrayals get stirred up in your life and old matters come to the surface and they turn into projectiles upon your life. I've had this in my own family throughout history. I've had this with friends where I've seen people who haven't dealt with things in their lives. And the problem was this, that when you don't deal with matters in your life, if you don't let old matters settle, if you don't let them get dealt with, you'll find that they'll come back and they will bite you in the butt. Get counseling, face the pain. Why? Because if you don't deal with what you need to deal with, they will deal with you. They'll come back around and deal with you. I've had multiple friends that didn't deal with crap in their life and their marriages fell apart. Why? Because they didn't deal with the crap from the past. And either they decided to leave the marriage or their spouse decided to leave, with, leave them because they couldn't deal with the junk that was still in their lives. The junk from the past, the matter that is dead matter that gets stirred up in a storm and then you start getting triggered and you start having reactions, they become projectiles for yourself and for your marriage. Pastor Mark used to say this, and during difficult times, some people get hysterical and some people get historical. They start bringing up the past. Look at this in Proverbs 4.23. It says, above all else, guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. That means the matters of life. The things that matter to you in the past that might have settled down, they come to the surface again and then it goes, you go through the same old stuff that you used to go through. Eventually, it will burn you out. My question for you this morning is, how are you spending time on yourself? in your heart is your heart storm ready because God is going to allow storms are you going to be taken out by the flying debris of old matters in your life or in your marriage root out bitterness root out unforgiveness here's the second thing I've learned about weathering storms is you find out how much control you really have have you found that You've, you've built your house exactly the way you want it to be built. You've put everything together, everything's wonderful. And then a storm comes along and it tests absolutely everything in your life. You know what I find sometimes when I'm in conversations with people, sometimes I'll remind them, you know, you know you're not really in control. And nine times out of 10, they always say this. No, no, I know that. Really? Because it sounds the way that you talk and the way that you act, you think you should be in control. But I'm here to tell you, you're not in control at all. When you feel a loss of control, we often become more controlling, more obsessive, more critical, and short with our families, right? Hey, feel free to poke your spouse in the ribs right now if you wanna do it right now, right? It's amazing how intense we get. Have we done this? Have you done that? And you become so much more intense and much more controlling and much more obsessive about things when things are not in control in your life. I found out when I, was, when I was bleeding cash this year, it's amazing how I started to examine everything on what the price was. Do we really need this? Do we need to buy that thing over there? Don't get me wrong. I think it's good to cut back on things, etc. I got to the point where I was in the grocery store and I looked at a tube of toothpaste and I'm like, is there a cheaper version than this? Right? I was looking to maybe save 50 cents. 50 cents? That's how obsessive I became, right? Have you ever been like that yourself? No? Liars, you know you have. 
It's amazing how obsessive to the point where I'm looking at this tube of toothpaste and the first thing that went through my head was if the IRS would just get their act together, I'd be able to get out of this hole, right? Why was it a tube of toothpaste was connected to the IRS? Because you become obsessive. Now, again, I think it's good to examine everything. It's good to examine the price of everything, but not if it becomes a controlling thing for you. Why? Because eventually you'll burn everyone else around you. You'll burn them up. You'll burn up your relationship. You'll burn up your relationship with your children because they go, here's dad again, here's mom again, has to be in control and going off the deep end. The point is this, you were never really in full control in the first place. You never were. Storms always prove that. They wipe out your securities. They show your insecurities and God allowed it all along. So who was in control of your life? Who? You'd like to say it's God, but maybe he's not been given permission if you're in a panic attack. Listen, your father is in control. And if it's true, then relax. Why? Because he's a good father. Why would we doubt our father? by acting like he's not a good father. Would you want your children walking around going, I just really hope my dad can pay the bills this week. If they are, you're causing your children stress. They need to know you're a good father and you're a good mother. You're a good brother. You're a good sister. They need to know they can rely on you. And the only way you're gonna have that confidence is if you believe you have a good father. Is he following me so far? Here's my question. How are you spending time with God? How are you doing that? Storms reveal how much you really do trust God. Is your trust in your security storm ready? Here's the third one. Your affections can diminish in a storm. It's funny how when storms come along, the love starts to sink to the bottom. Showing or saying affection doesn't become a priority anymore. Now it's easy to justify that, right? Because Maslow's law or Maslow's pyramid of needs, the bottom one, I believe it's like physical needs. And then the second one is your safety needs. And then the third one is love needs. And it's very easy to justify that. Well, I'm trying to make sure that I, I safeguard our physical needs and our, and, our, and, our, and our security needs. I'm trying to safeguard those. So what we'll do is we'll just allow love to disappear in our marriage. We'll allow love to disappear in our lives or in our family because we've justified it because I don't really need that right now. But in reality, love starts to grow cold in storms. Even sex lives start to disappear when you're going through difficult times. You don't feel, don't have that loving feeling anymore, right? You got that loving feeling. Love and feeling. Except when a storm comes along, now you got the panic feeling. Whoa, whoa. It's amazing. It's amazing how these start to affect our lives. Do you wonder why you have tension in your life with each other? Probably because you've let go of love because you're trying to take hold of security and safety in your life. You put love second, but there's nowhere in scripture that says, make sure you guarantee your future, make sure you guarantee your, your survival. What it does say is hold on to love. Here's my question for you. How are you spending time with your spouse? How are you spending time with your children? How are you spending time on love? How is your love? Is your marriage storm ready? 
I found that when I was going through difficult times, it was easy to start thinking and planning about all the stuff I needed to do, but not about how I can love my wife. I wasn't walking around going, I wonder how I can love my wife more. Very easy for me to justify, listen, what I'm doing is my love for her. I am trying to save the family. I'm trying to fix this problem. I'm keeping the world out of this house. That's my love. And she's sitting over there going, feel so loved right now. Right? Sometimes even what people do is they withhold affection from their spouse and use it as a weapon of punishment because now they resent them for not panicking as much as what they're doing. It's destructive. So here's my big question. Why does God allow storms in our lives? If he's such a good God, why does he let this crap happen and get stirred up in our life? Why does he allow this stuff to come our way? The Bible actually talks about one of the, uh, the biggest storm that ever happened in history. And there are multiple ancient cultures with some different version of this story, this, this historical record of this huge storm that was a worldwide endemic uh, 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 cataclysmic storm. And most of those cultures historically didn't know about each other. And yet they have multiple tellings that corroborate that this actually happened. And it's the storm of Noah, the flood of Noah. Now, let's just do a quick reading of this. Why did a flood come? It says in Genesis chapter six, verses five to eight, it says, the Lord saw how great wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So what did he decide to do about it? It goes on, it says, so the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. You see, God decided he needed to get rid of this junk that was in people's lives. He needed to get rid of this junk that was coming through people and to get, and just, let me just start again and wipe out with this group of people who are just in such sin. Let me start all over again. And he found one guy, who is able to, to actually get through the storm. One guy he could actually trust. So is this why God decides to, set, to send storms into our lives? Well, no. This is not why God sends storms into your life. He doesn't send storms to try and wipe you out. And the proof of this is after the flood, God said this. He said, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures I have, uh, uh, as I have done. So God is not sending storms into your life. He's not sending difficulties your way because he's trying to get rid of you, because he's angry at you, because he's trying to punish you. He already gave us this promise. Years later, when Jesus was walking the earth, he said that in the past days, the last days will be very much like the days of Noah. Does that mean he's going to send a flood? No, it basically just says this, that the, the evil and the crap that is coming through people's lives will be the same as what happened in the days of Noah. And yet God is still going to bring us a judgment. So why does God allow us to go through storms if he doesn't want us to be harmed? Can I tell you why? James is the best place that tells us why he allows us to go through storms and difficult times. In chapter two, it says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, wherever you face trials, we could say storms right there, 
difficult times, challenges, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. There it is. God is testing to see if we're waterproof. He's testing to see if we truly can survive, listen now, the future judgment that is going to come to all of us. You see, he brought judgment upon the earth during the days of Noah. He didn't go, I'll never do that ever again. I'll never judge anyone. No, no. He said he would never decimate the earth through a flood. It doesn't mean he's never going to judge us ever again. Then it goes on. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Why this word complete? Why is he trying to bring completeness to us? Not lacking anything it says. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, why do we need to be complete? We'll find out in a second. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generous, generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, nothing from God. He should not respect to receive any blessing or any eternal life from God. What, John, what James is telling us here is he's saying a judgment will be brought to every one of us. A testing will be brought to each and every one of us. I believe the reason why God brings us storms and lets us to go, lets us, allows us to go through these things is because God tests for holiness. When I was a child and I used to work with my father doing projects, there was a question he used to always ask me, is it true? It's not because he was asking to see if I was lying. But my dad used to be a marine engineer where he used to design and build ships. And he said there was a word that you always used in nautical terms when you asked when something was true. Because when something is true, it has the integrity to withstand the testing that it's about to go through. When a ship is true, it has the integrity intact to keep out the water and to keep safe the cargo. My question to you this morning is, is your life true? If it's not true and it doesn't have the integrity that it needs inside of itself, you will not last the final judgment that will come our way. This is a serious thing. This is not the feel blessing and feel all googly feelings as you walk out of here. This is a testing because this is the calm before the real storm that will come our way. Listen, most people think that Jesus died to save us from sin. Can I tell you what he really died to save us from? He died to save us from the wrath of God. He died to save us from the judgment of God. Sin is something he can deal with, but he can't make you bulletproof. He can't make you perfect. Only you can decide to submit your will to the Father and say, I'm gonna to choose to trust the Father through Jesus Christ. Are you ready for the coming day when you will be truly tested by the judgment and the fire of God? The reason why you go through a storm today is because he is preparing you to be complete before the Father. Does this make sense? Lacking nothing. This is why we trust Jesus. Not because we know what we're doing, but because he's the only one who knows how to walk with mankind and walk with God. He's the one we follow because he's both man 
and God. Let's stand this morning as we end our service. Father in heaven, we are sobered that we have a reminding, a, reminding, a reminding thing like Hurricane Ian that comes through and it decimates our land. We're reminded of how fragile we are, how dependent we are upon you. And I pray, Father, that you would give us confidence and boldness to turn to you once again. Forgive us, Father, for doubting you. Forgive us for trying to be in control. Forgive us for allowing our, heart, for allowing our own hearts to go being tossed to and fro like James said. Father, help us to turn our face to you once again, to have confidence in you and to say, I will trust my Father because he is a good Father. And help us finally, Father, to be found true before you, stable, intact, and with integrity in our hearts. May God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. We love you guys.